Good morning, everybody. What a wonderful spring day we're having, and um, good to have you with us this morning. My name's Tim, and welcome to Greater Alton Church. And uh, if it's your first time here, we're so excited that you would come and join us here on a Sunday morning. Today we're starting a series called Storyteller, and we're looking at the parables of Jesus. And today I just want to do a little introduction to the series, if we could, and get ourselves ready for it. Uh, and and if you, of all the people that told stories in the Bible, you, you probably can think of some people that told stories that stood out. Uh, there's Nathan who confronts David with a story about a man who has two lambs, or he has one lamb, and his rich neighbor kills that lamb, and, and David's furious and finds out he's the guy that did that. He's kind of like that guy. Uh, you have, you have uh, comparisons in the Bible where uh, God, the prophets, would say the, that Israel was like a stubborn heifer or Israel was like a, 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 a clay pot. And there were, there were, there's things like that where a story would come in handy. But there's nobody, nobody in the Bible that stands out as a storyteller like Jesus Christ. I mean, he's the king of the storytelling. He loved telling stories. Look at this verse up here. It's on, your, it's on the screen. It's not in your notes. And look what the Bible says in Mark 12 about Jesus. It says, the crowd listened to Jesus with pleasure. They enjoyed, you know, listening to Jesus. How dare anybody take the, the most exciting book in the Bible and make it boring? Jesus makes it exciting. And he says, hey, man, I could listen to him all day. That, I wish I had that reputation. But Jesus, he was just, it was a pleasure to listen to him. It was, he was, it was just easy to hear him. Why? He used lots of stories. He was a story crafter and teller. Look at this verse here. The first one in your notes and here up on the screen. Look what it says here. He taught them many things using stories. He used these stories to get across his lesson, to get across his point. Talk about PowerPoint during the Bible time. During the times of the Bible, it wasn't on screens. It was in the lesson itself. Powerful points. In fact, it says in the in, in Matthew uh, in, the, in the book of Matthew. Look what it says here. Jesus used stories when he spoke to people. In fact, he did not tell them anything without using a story. Now, I, I've been accused of using too many stories in my lessons. Well, Jesus right here says it's okay. He used stories all the time. He, he talked about everything. When I was, I went down and did a leadership uh, seminar, and they said, Tim, tell us some stories about pigs. Make sure you talk about, because I was a pig farmer, my brother and I, make sure you talk about the pigs. And I go, well, which pig story do you want to hear? I got so many. Oh, just start, and we'll tell you when to stop. They never told me to stop. I just kept going on. And then there was a sow he had and all that. Well, Jesus was, he was, he wouldn't say anything without a story attached to it. Why? Because, here's why. He knew, that people would forget maybe his lesson, but they'd never forget his story. And that story would remind the people of what he was trying to say. So he was a big believer in stories. I don't know who your favorite storyteller is. If it's, if it's J.K. Rowling, you know, if it's, if it's Grissom, you know, somebody like that. I don't know what story you like the most. If it's, if it's a story you heard as a kid. Uh, or in school. When I was in school, uh, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Waite, read us a book called Charlotte's Web. And I sat there at my desk and I hung on every word. She could read that so well. When I was a senior in high school, I decided to read it myself. And, and I'm 18 and I've got the Charlotte's Web wrapped in a paper bag because I don't want anybody to know. What's he got? Has he got Playboy? I'm sorry to disappoint you. No, 
I got Charlotte's Web, and I sneak it in my room. Nobody knows, and I'm reading. Here I am, 18, you know, high school, reading Charlotte's Web, going, "You died! I can't take it!" And and my mom goes, "What's going on up there in that bedroom? Are you okay?" I'm okay, mom. Charlotte's Web touched me, man. I love Charlotte's Web. Hey, there's a book I remember Mrs. Waite reading called Across Four Aprils. It was about the Civil War in southern Illinois. I hung on every word. I think it was the beginning of a long interest in civil war in our, in, here in the United States. So, so stories do that to us, don't they? You know, they, they, they'll, they'll do that. Jesus knew that about regardless of the culture or the time frame. There's things that just transcend time and culture. We all like a good story. Right? We all love a good story. And so Jesus used them often. In fact, he was asked this question, why do you use stories so much? Look at this. The disciples asked him, the followers or the disciples said, why do you use these stories to teach the people? Why, why all of a sudden are you doing that? Now, there's two reasons they're asking this question. The first reason is Jesus shifted from being just without stories, very little, Sermon on the Mount, just straight up, and all of a sudden he shifts gears and starts teaching with parables. And the other reason is, he did it so often. So why? Jesus, why do you do that? Why do you use so many stories? Why do you teach the people? And it seems like the stories are your point. I mean, are these illustrations? No. What's going on here? Well, you're going to see. And he answers this question here in Matthew chapter 13. you got a Bible and you want to flip over to Matthew 13. We're going to pick it up in verse 10. And Jesus has has just shared the parable of the sower. He has shared a story about a farmer going out and sowing seed on four different kinds of soils. And it says here in, in, uh, in verse 10, the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to people in parables? And he gives, he gives his answer. He replied, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you. What do we learn so far? The stories are about the kingdom of heaven. About God's kingdom. He says, they've been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they don't see. Though hearing, they don't hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You'll be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's hearts have become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. And I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because you see, and your ears because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men long to see what you see, but did not see it. And to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. And then he says, listen. Listen to what the parable of the sower means. And so he explains the parable to his disciples. I thought it's interesting he says, you guys are supposed to hear this. It's, been, it's a gift. It's been given to you to know the secrets of the kingdom. And the disciples are having trouble understanding. Has that changed? 
Just because you're religious doesn't mean you're going to know what the Bible says. I know a lot of religious people, they spout off Bible verses, and they're, they're, they're totally off. They don't have a clue what they're talking about, but they think because they have some religiousness in them, that all of a sudden makes them able to understand the Scriptures. Even, even the disciples, guys, had trouble understanding the parables. Was it because they're so difficult to understand? No, they're not difficult to understand. It has nothing to do with if they're understandable or not. They are understandable. It has something to do with how they're received, how, how people hear them. I know today some of you are going to hear something in this sermon and you're going to run with it like a bass hits a lure and runs out the line. He said that! And you're going to try to look for a loophole or justification for something you're doing. Amen. It's the truth. We tend, you know what? You're never going to learn what the Bible really has to say when you're looking for loopholes or, or gotcha statements. You're never, going to, you're never going to be able to really benefit from the Word of God. And Jesus says, look, I'm telling these stories, and let me give you three reasons, because they'll bless your life if you can figure this out. And I want you to know these things. Before we even start talking, right in the middle of a parable, He says, I need to tell you why I'm doing this. And so I thought, why not at the beginning of this series talk about why did Jesus use parables? And let's let him answer this question. He used over 40 stories, over 40 different stories in his teachings. Why? Why so many stories? Well, he gives us three reasons. Number one, Jesus uses stories to hold my attention. He uses stories to get and hold my attention. Let me say it again. The reason Jesus used a story, because stories do this, don't they? They get our attention. And He knows how well that works, and so He uses them. My question to you this morning is, does Jesus have your full attention? Because you will not learn the meaning of these parables without that. And He's going to do His best to get your attention. Look what it says here in the message. I like the message paraphrase sometimes because it helps me understand the message, I guess, of the passage. And it's, I know it's not, I know it's a paraphrase, and sometimes it can get us in trouble, but I think this is pretty good. Look what, he, look what Jesus says here. That's why I tell stories to create readiness, to nudge the people toward receptive insight. And he goes on to say, in their present state, they can stare till doomsday and not see it, or listen till they're blue in the face and not get it. But I want you to see, he's saying, look, I'm saying this story, I'm teaching these parables, Tim, so that People will hear and see. They'll hear something they need to hear. By the way, in Mark chapter 4, which is a parallel passage to Matthew chapter 13, the word here in Mark chapter 4, this parallel passage, the word here is found 13 times. Jesus keeps coming back to this. I'm telling you this so you'll hear it. I'm telling you this so you'll listen. I'm telling you this so you'll get it. And so he's telling this story. He's telling this. He wants us to hear something. He wants us to visualize something. It involves, you say, well, it involves our ears and our eyes. Well, not these eyes, but the mental eyes where we can picture a word picture. We can picture what he's saying and get what he's meaning. So he wants us to hear it. He wants us to see it. He wants to draw us in. Some emotional way. He wants us to be inside the story and identify with somebody so we can, can compare ourselves to that character. Uh, later on, I think we're going to see par a parable 
is, it's the Greek behind it, the word behind it, which is the original language of the New Testament, is the word, it means to place alongside so you can compare. So Jesus is saying, I want to put a story here and tell you a story, and I want to take you and put you in that story, put you right alongside these characters so you can determine where you are, what matters. So he does that. He, he, he wants it, and he wants it to be a story you can relate to, not some story that, that doesn't connect. You know, I think that's why television is so popular. Just think about it. TV, it's, it's like a story machine, isn't it? Just cranking out those stories. I don't know which stories, kind of stories you like. You like comedy? You know? Do you like suspense? Do you like drama? You know, you don't get enough drama in real life, so you're going to go watch some drama. Okay. <laughs> you know? And I do. I, have, I, I, I like watching, I'm watching, you know, it may be a new movie. I, I, right now, the, I'm seeing Wolverine. And then the, the two movies that follow. Yeah, wow. And then I'm watching some old movie like uh, Witness to the Prosecution with Charles Lawton. Great movie. And I don't know which movie sets you off, which story captures, what's your favorite story. What's the movie you wear out playing over and over? And some of you guys, know, you men know what I'm talking about. You just got it on. You're not even watching it. You know it line by line. It's Shawshank Redemption. Get busy living or get busy dying. You know, is it that one? Jaws, I was getting ready ready to say that. We're going to need a bigger boat. You know, you've got all these lines that, you know, uh, and these stories, or maybe there's a book you've read and and you're always referring to that particular author. They grab our attention. And they do it well. Even commercials do that. You don't have to wait for the Super Bowl. Even commercials tell stories now. And we lean in. At least watch it once or twice, right? And if a real good commercial, we'll keep it on our DVR or on a videotape because we want to keep it. It's so outlandish, so funny. See, stories stir our emotion. They prick our interest. They make us think. They make us think about our, how it connects with our life, how relevant it is. Like I said before, long after the sermon, Jesus understood, long after the sermon, people are going to forget it. But an everyday story that they can relate to will remind them. How often were you eating bread the last couple of weeks and you didn't think about Jesus being the bread of life? Uh, I know some, uh, maybe you thought about me choking at the end. I'll never forget that, Tim. Well, I'm glad you got that. You know, I wish I made that a point. Tim is choking, circle choking. Okay, got it. But you know what I'm saying? There's just things that we remember. We, we remember. You know, this, this year we're doing, uh, at church camp in primary week, we're doing Pick Up the Cup. Olivia Tankersley uh, coined this phrase at camp, and we're now doing a whole week on Pick Up the Cup. And I said, you know, Jesus picked up the cup. He did? I said, yeah. Remember, he said, Lord, take this cup from me, but not my will, but yours be done. He goes, Jesus was the first picker-upper. He picked up the cup. And so we all held our cups up, you know. I'm like, this is getting crazy. But I don't, I, again, I just, you know, it's, it's, that's what kids are going to remember. That's what they'll remember at camp. They'll see a styrofoam cup and think about the whole week. 
what they learned. That surrender is how you truly glorify and honor God through a surrendered life. I think that's a great lesson to learn early in life. And so if your kids go into primary week, you know, that's that, what is it, what the age is? It's like a, something to fifth, first to fifth grade or something like that. Huh? Third to fifth? Somewhere in there. That's a great time to get them there. And if your parents are interested in your kids learning to surrender their will to God's will, to your will at times, man, this is the week you want them to go, Okay. And so that's that's so Jesus uses that for that's what he does. He uses the graphic terms, he uses suspense. All these stories do that to get our attention. Here's a second reason Jesus used, said I'll use stories, and that is to reveal and conceal. He uses stories to reveal things and to conceal some things. His story will do that. When he tells a parable, it reveals some things and it conceals some things. And whether he wants it to or not, because it's really not his his responsibility, it's being revealed and concealed by the listeners, by those that are listening. You know, during this series, I want you to know, guys, during this series, you're either going to benefit from this series or be bored by this series. You're either going to be convicted by this series or confused by this series. If you're a person that has a real hard time understanding the Bible, it may be, and it may not be because you're dumb, because you're not. It's not that. You're stubborn. You know, Mark Twain, I always like, you know, what do you say? How do you say it? It's not the Bible verses I don't understand that give me the most problems. It's the ones I do understand. <laughs> you know, and, and I tell you, what, I learn better when I'm surrendered. I learn better when I'm open-minded. But, you know, when Jesus told a story... There were moments where he could turn people off. I know maybe I've turned somebody off already in this lesson. I've been known to do that. So Jesus, when he would tell a story, it would reveal some things, but also it, 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 it brought about uh, concealment. It polarized people between those that were open and those that were closed-minded. Because not everybody processes a story the same way. It depends on how they receive it. Look at this passage here on the screen and in your notes. This is Matthew 13, verse 11. Jesus answered, You have been chosen to know the secrets. After they asked him this question, You guys have been chosen to know the secrets. Would you circle secrets? To know the secrets, and underline the next part, about the kingdom of heaven. But others cannot know these secrets. He said, You've been chosen to know these secrets. I think it's interesting that Jesus uses the word secret. Why is he using the word secret? It's not about it can't be un- understood. It's not about whether I can understand it or not. No, he's trying to reveal it. He uses the story to reveal. That's really what he wants to do. But he says, but others cannot know these secrets. He's saying, oh, I'm going to keep it from them. Is that what he's saying? No, he's saying they cannot know these secrets because they're stubborn. They cannot know these secrets because they're closed-minded and they refuse to listen and they refuse to learn. In fact, Jesus goes on to say, I'm supposed to talk like this. Look at the next verse here up on the screen as well in your notes here. This is as the prophet said, I will speak using stories. I will tell things that have been secret, circle secret, since the world was made. So Jesus was about what? Revealing the secret. Revealing the secret. 
the secrets primarily of the kingdom of God. He tells parables to clarify what God's about, what, the king, what kingdom life is about. And he does it with common and understandable things that we all can relate to on a daily basis. If the message is concealed at all, it's concealed because the person listening doesn't want to hear anymore. So when he wants to talk about God's love, he goes, I want to talk about God's love. How can I do this? Let me get a story that will grab your attention. Now let me tell you a story about a father and a son and a bitter older brother. Now you're going to put yourself in that story and figure out where you are. Are you the prodigal? Are you the bitter older brother and you know when somebody starts talking like that you got people going I really want to know I want to know the difference others going hey I don't like the way you're talking to me and they shut down if you don't know your Bible guys it has nothing to do with God's concealing it or confusing you or it's a hard book to understand it's got something to do with your heart It's there that determines whether or not the parable makes sense. It's there where the parable is where it's determined if the parable is going to change your life. When he wants to talk about compassion, what's he say? I'll tell you what I'll do. Uh, I want to, the hero of this story is not a Levite, not a priest, but a half breed, a Samaritan. Now you tell me who's wanting to hear that people who can relate to being rejected, but those that are pompous and arrogant, I'll have none of that. So they don't hear. Well, they hear it, but they don't retain it. They don't get it. And I know, again, I want to say it again. Are you the kind of person that's looking for a loophole or a gotcha or, oh, you used, you offended me, so I don't have to listen. Like, that disqualifies me? Listen who you're disqualifying. You're really disqualifying the Word of God and yourself from understanding. And I'm a human being. I'm a, I'm a mess. And if, you, if you're looking for a preacher that communicates it just right, it's almost like uh, a, a guy throws a football into a receiver's hands, hits him right in the numbers, and he drops it. Well, you could have threw that a little bit better. I think you just dropped the ball is what you did. Well, if you'd have threw it closer, I could have caught it. And I know sometimes you hear something, it can be a little bit further than you can reach to get. Okay, I get that. I'll work on that. But if you're, stand, if you're the kind of person that stands there and says, you've got to throw it in my glove right here, you're going to get a black eye every once in a while. I had a kid I used to play pitch and catch with, and I'd throw the ball at him, and he wouldn't move his glove, and it hit him right in the eye. Next day he comes, wants to play again. I go, I don't think it's a good idea. We need to start. No, no, go. I want to try it again. Very first throw. Blacked the other eye. <laughs> Said, work on moving the glove around, man. So, why? If, if I'm getting the word, if it's being revealed to me, why? If it's being concealed from me, why? It's not the speaker, it's the listener. 
And if he wants to stress the difference between uh, hearing the Word of God and applying the Word of God and really growing from the Word of God, he, I, I got a story for you. There's these two contractors. One builds on sand, one builds on rock. And it says, by the way, when you check Matthew 7 out, after that story, it says the people were amazed at his teaching. He didn't have a bunch of... Now, let me tell you what the points are. That was the point. And they got it. They understood it. And they were amazed how it stuck and it resonated. And even in this chapter, Matthew 13, look at, that, look at this verse up on the screen. After he tells this, after he tells everything, everything about uh, the parable of the sower, it says in verse 18, so listen to the meaning of that story about the farmer. What's God saying here? What's Jesus illustrating here for us? I want you to know. I'm not wanting to hide it from you. I want to reveal it. But you determine if it's going to be seen and heard. So he tells stories, number one, to hold my attention. He tells stories to reveal and conceal. He gives, leaves it up to me. And number three, he uses stories to change my life. He uses stories to make an impact on my life. Jesus, listen, listen to me, church. Jesus was not crucified for telling interesting stories. I don't like the way... He tells stories better than I do. Let's find out a way to kill him. No. It wasn't because his stories were really good. They confronted the core of the culture. They confronted the values and the expectations of the kingdom of God and the culture. And they've always been different. We could rewind 2,000 years ago and be sitting, let's say we're all together and we're sitting in robes and everything, you know, and, and uh, it would still be a confrontation between our culture and the kingdom of God. It'd still be there. That doesn't change. I don't know if you know that or not, but you're living in a cesspool. Your culture is constantly disagreeing with the kingdom, the values of the kingdom. That's just the way it is, guys. Look what Jesus says here in John 6. He says, this, it is the Spirit that gives life. The flesh doesn't give life. Let's read that again. Look at that. It's the Spirit that gives life. And what does it say about the flesh? It does not give life. Nothing on this earth gives you life. You know, my body only carries life. It doesn't give life to anybody. It carries life. So where do I get life? Where do I get something that will change my life? The words I told you are spirit. Jesus says the words I told you. That includes your parables? And what do they do? They give life. They're from heaven. They're spiritual. And they give you true life. So I need to pay attention. I need to listen. And I need to expect Jesus to force my nose into a place where I must make a choice. Again, he wasn't crucified because he told nice stories. No, he was crucified because he was, he was challenging the values of the culture. He was challenging the, the behavior of people. He was confronting sin with, and, and revealing sin with his stories. And it twisted people off. 
In fact, the Pharisees one time understood what he was talking about, and they said the Pharisees understood, they despised him, and they wanted to kill him. See, these parables describe, and this is, I, we, we've, talked, we've been talking two years about this, maybe a little longer. And so I may be saying this, and you, you go, oh yeah, I got it, I got it. I don't think you got it. These stories describe the kingdom of God, the values of the kingdom, the way He rules, what it takes to be a follower, the expectations of God. That's what the parables teach. What's the kingdom like? Jesus in Matthew wears this statement out. The kingdom of heaven is like a net. What's that? It catches all kinds of fish. Why does He want me to know that? It's for everybody. I don't make the judgment. I don't decide who's in and out of this church. I don't decide where the net's supposed to go. What's the kingdom of like? Like Jesus. Well, let me tell you another story, Tim. Uh, it's like a mustard seed. Oh, like a teeny weeny mustard seed. It's that tiny? Oh, yeah. But it grows into a tree and birds come and nest in it. They make their home. The kingdom of God's designed to grow. It's designed to to help others, to be a place, a safe haven. What's the kingdom of God like, Jesus? Oh, let me tell you another value. It's like a person looking for pearls. It's that treasure. It's like a guy finding treasure in the middle of a field, which might not be you and I looking at the treasure and finding a treasure. It could be said that way. It could be God looking at you as His treasure and gave up everything. Huh. That's an overwhelming thought. It's like yeast. A woman's working with dough, and the yeast just keeps spreading and moving throughout the dough. It's going to transform you. And Jesus is telling these stories, and He's saying, look, I'm telling this story, now I'm calling you to a decision. What are you going to do with this? What will you do with what you just heard? You must choose. Right now? Well, not later. You need to choose as you hear it. You know, after he describes the stubborn hearts of the people, he describes how stubborn they are. And I'm not, guys, listen, when I say you're stubborn, you know I, I'm, I'm a stubborn, maybe more stubborn than a lot of you here. It gets me in trouble too. He describes these stubborn people. They're closed-minded. They close their eyes. You know, you can be a Christian and still close your eyes to what God has to say. That traditional mindset gets you in trouble. You can't, you can't handle changes. But you also learn, you learn how just self-righteous you can be. And then God throws something else in front of you to stretch you or make you think, and you go, oh, no, that's not for me. That must be for somebody else. I've got, a, I've got a story about a public and a tax a center. Uh, maybe you ought to hear that one, Tim. Oh, you got another story? Yeah, and it's right between your eyes here. But after he says, guys, after he says they're closed-minded, they're, they're, they're stubborn, they, 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 uh, they won't look at what I'm saying, then he says in verse 15 here, look at this, in the second part of verse 15, they might, he says, otherwise, he says, after his, otherwise, they might really understand in their minds and come back to me and be healed. He says, man, if they, that's what I'm telling the story for. 
They are closed, but if they open their eyes, if they open their mind, they're going to really understand and they're going to come to me. I think of some of the translations say they'll convert. What's that mean? They'll change. You see, Jesus doesn't tell a story to inform you and I, but to transform you and I. He doesn't just... The Bible's full of information, but the goal is transformation. Becoming like Jesus Christ. So every story has a decision to make. Every story will, will brings, us a, a brings about an opportunity. Like, you got two guys... you got a guy that owes $10 million. Jesus has a story there. And he says he's forgiven that debt. And what's he do? He sees a guy owing him 10 bucks, and he throws him in jail. And Jesus says, which guy are you? That's that's horrible. Well, which guy are you? Because you've got to decide, are you going to be forgiving or not? Well, that's too hard. Didn't say the secrets. When we bring the secrets out that they're easy, they're easy to understand. Hard to do. That's why you need God's help. That's why I need God's help. He tells the story of two sons. He's got a father that says, I want you to work in the vineyard. And one says, okay, but doesn't. The other one says, I won't, but changed his mind and does it. And Jesus says, okay, which guy? Which guy counts here? And they go, well, that's easy. It's the guy that obeyed. What's, what's important? My intent or what I do? In other words, I can make a promise. Oh, yeah, Lord, you're first. Yeah, Lord, you're going to get all this. But if I don't execute it, and, 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 and by the way, oh, I, I'm stubborn. I don't want to do that. He's like, I understand, but what are you going to do? My wife will say to me, Tim, um, I need you to go take care of it. I can't do that. I got, I got time. And then 10 minutes later, I text her, okay, I went and took care of it. What, what happened? Am I hint-packed here? Is that what's going on here? No, there's this heart of mine that says, you know, I, w- I want to comply. And though a baby on the out. And by the way, for those of us here who on the outside say, no, I'm not going to do that. But inside we have this desire. There's hope for you. God understands that. You've got to wrestle with it. You've got to deal with it. Well, what matters is, will you follow through? Anybody can make a promise. Anybody can make a threat. But what will you really do when the chips are down? He says, that's what's important. And he looks at that. That's, that is currency in the kingdom of God. And if, he's, if he wants to make a, 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 another point, he has a story about a rich fool. Man, I'm making so much money. I'm making so many cool decisions and, and deals. Well, I'm just going to build more barns and bigger barns. And, and the story says, you fool, you're going to die. And all this is going to be given to somebody else. So what's the, what's the decision here? I have to make a core decision. Jesus says, are you going to be like this guy? And it all be about money and stuff? Or is it going to be something eternal? Is it going to be something spiritual? You decide. Great thing about it is, you know, guys, Jesus lets you decide. And you live with that decision. So he does that. He does that so we'll come to a conclusion. Well, it'll change our life. We'll make a decision. Now, here's what I want to say before we're done here. How do I get the most then out of the parables? How can I be blessed by the parables? And I was looking at Matthew 13. I only found one point. 
I think Jesus said, look, I just, Tim, you just have one point to make today. What is it? If you want to be blessed by the stories of Jesus, you're blessed, I'm blessed, when I'm willing to listen and learn. It's, that's all it is. Here we are getting ready to go into series. Are you willing to listen and learn? I'm willing to listen. And there's, we say, well, I'll listen. Yeah, but are you willing to learn? What's the difference? Big, big, it's a big difference. One's more intentional. One requires discipline. They both require discipline. To listen requires discipline. To listen requires intentionality. But to learn requires a much more amount of those two. Look what Jesus says here in in, uh, Matthew 13 again. I assure you that many prophets, I love this. He's trying to encourage his disciples. Many prophets and many of God's people wanted very much to see what you see, but they could not. And to hear what you hear, but they did not. Is it because they were stubborn? No, it just wasn't time. They wanted it. He goes, listen, you want it? You're getting ready. You're hearing it. These people wanted it. What, what are you trying to say, Tim? I think Jesus is trying to say this. What I say is worth listening to. What I say is worth learning. What I say is worth the extra effort and discipline of study and prayer. It matters that much. I'll tell you what, guys. I, I mean it. I mean this. How dare any man make the Bible a boring book? I agree with that, okay? And there's a lot of pressure on me to get these sermons right. You poor thing. No, don't you feel sorry for me. It should be that way. There's scriptures that teach that the teachers are going to be held accountable for what they say. But did you know there's hundreds more scriptures that talk about how you're going to receive it? For every one on the teacher, there's a hundred for the listener. Stop worrying about how it's said to you. I'm telling you, Gary and Alan and I are going to bust ourselves to make sure we get it right, these, these parables right. Too many people go to these parables and they use today's culture to define what, the, what it means. And it's we got to keep it in their culture to get to really get the gold out of these parables that transcend time and culture. These are bedrock things that Jesus is dealing with. But I'm going to tell you, it won't matter to hill of beans how hard we work if you're not going to work too. We have to work together to get the most out of this of the series. You have to give yourself to discipline. You say, well, Tim, I, uh, so if I'm confused, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hell? No, you're not going to hell if you're confused. Okay? You're just not sure how you're going to get to heaven. That's all. <laughs> you're confused on your way there. But don't you want to know? I want to know. I just want to know. What does Jesus mean when He says this stuff? And how does it apply? Instead of looking for the loophole. Well, I don't think it applies today. Amen. No, these are worth listening to. People, there are people, guys, I'll tell you what, I do not want to go to heaven and when I get there, some Old Testament prophet or some Old Testament believer goes, you know, I really wanted to hear what you had to say. Why didn't you listen? I mean, I wanted to hear it, but it wasn't given to me. It was given to you, Tim. 
I don't want to have that conversation in heaven, do you? Oh man, I hope I don't have that conversation. It's worth hearing. It's worth learning. But I must make that decision. Look at this passage here. Sometimes you learn stuff from what people do the opposite. You learn what to do from their bad behavior. Older brothers are great for that, for younger brothers. My brother one time, my older brother one time came to... Came to the house uh, working on a farm and he had a plastic pen, but it looked like a cigar. And it was a pen. Am I, remember that, Danny? Dad slapped him so hard, that pen went flying through the air. And Danny and I looked at each other and said, Note to self, do not put plastic things in your mouth. Mike would come in, older brother. If you're the oldest, you know, you're the pioneer. He comes in, two in the morning, dad's yelling at him, Note to self. At least, I made this note. <laughs> Don't come in late and you won't there won't be any hate. And so I went, okay. So I would come in an hour before dad would say, and he thought I was nuts or something was wrong with me. Do you have friends? No, I do have friends. I can't speak for my brother, but um, but that's but see what I'm saying? We learn a lot from, from other people's mistakes. And Jesus brings this out. He says, I want you to see something. And we're going to look at these two verses together. Look how he says it. For the minds of these people have become stubborn. Does that mean you can become open? Okay, I just want to make sure I got that. They do not hear with their ears. Does that mean you can hear with your ears? Yes. And they have, cl- they, they have closed their eyes. Don't want to... Don't want it. Look at the next verse here, what Jesus says. But you are blessed. What's the difference, Jesus? Well, you see with your eyes and you hear with your ears. You've made the choice to listen and to learn. And when you do, you are blessed. Let me ask you, is God going to bless you in this series? What are you going to do to make sure that happens? What will you do to make sure you're blessed, that, that this promise that's made to you can be fulfilled? What do you plan to do? I'll leave that up to you. Two more verses and then we're done. Here, look at this next verse. Okay, look what he says here. Jesus says this, those, To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. And they'll have an abundance of knowledge. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Now look at, look at this message. Look what the message says. I like this. Whenever someone has a ready heart for this, the insights and understandings flow freely. But if there's no readiness, any trace of receptivity soon disappears. You decide. I've decided I'm going to preach as best I can. Alan's already made that decision. Gary's made that decision. We're going to give you the, our A game. We're going to tear into these parables, guys. We've just been looking at Jesus. We didn't look, we didn't look at everything about Jesus, did we? But we sure looked at a lot, didn't we? Learned a lot. Now we're going to look at what is he saying? I can't wait till we, we get through this, that we have a richer understanding of what he means, what the kingdom is, how he's describing the kingdom and how my place in the kingdom. And then when we wrap up this year and look at here's how you treat people. Here's how Jesus treated people. Boy, are we going to be something by the end of this year. God's going to really, it's really going to be cool around here. It really is. I want to say one last thing as we close. The disciples had a hard time understanding what Jesus was saying. 
You read, you just, you just type in, type in the word parables and parable in your search engine and you'll get every verse. I looked at every verse that said parables and parable in the NIV. And then I went to the New, New Living Translation and the New Century Translation uh, version and I typed in stories and story and looked at every verse there. And here's what I found. The disciples, a lot of times, the disciples, the guys that were closest to Jesus went, I don't understand what you're saying. I don't get it. Would you explain it again? There's one place where Jesus says, he goes, hey, if you can't understand this parable, can you understand any of them? Boy, that had to be a downer's, downer class. <laughs> he said, what, what, what gives me kind of hope because he also promises what I used to say to you in parables, I'm going to make very plain to you. And I want you to know, if you follow closely to Jesus during this series, He's going to reveal the true message of His stories. What a storyteller. I'm looking forward to seeing what this storyteller is going to give you and I. There's a card in your bulletin. And it's just, it's just a, a, a response card. You can, you can check a box if you like, if you like a personal Bible study or you'd like some, some, some counseling or any, any kind of uh, guidance if you'd like some, somebody to talk to. You know, put it down. Or maybe you've got a prayer request. You know, I want to get the most out of this series. Maybe you want to, maybe you want to ask of the people that pray over these cards and pray through these cards to deal with your heart and make sure you're not stubborn and you're not closed-minded. You, you want an open heart. I don't know what your needs are this morning. God hasn't given me that ability to know. But I'll tell you this. I know we all need to know what God's trying to say to us. And what is He speaking to? What is He saying to you this morning matters. And so take the time as we sing a song and, and write out maybe a decision you're making or a prayer request. Take the time to do that. And then we're going to sing another song after that. And we're going to take up those cards along with our regular contribution. Again, if you're a guest here, you're under no obligation to give to this church. Nobody's going to look at you funny because you're a guest and you let the plate go by. Now, if you're a member and you let the plate go by, you've got some explaining to do. <laughs> now, I don't know. You may give once a month for all I know. But, <laughs> uh, but, but we're going to pass that around and then we'll take all that up and close our service out. May God bless you to understand what the storyteller says. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much.